With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. We need to start here in the Southeastern Conference because there's a game coming up this weekend, and I know I'm not talking about one of those cupcake games that we'll mention here. I'm talking about Georgia and Tennessee. I think that this is uh, this is in the running for a college football game time game of the week, which airs every single Saturday on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game in Atlanta. Give it a listen anywhere you find your podcasts after the fact or live on the Odyssey app or just tune in because you live in Atlanta and we love you. (laughs) But that is very much in the running for our college football game time game of the week. I don't know if it's going to be the game yet. I'm still I'm still like trying to like uh, figuring it out. I don't know. It very well could be. But Georgia, the number one team in the country, the newly minted number one team in the country, they go on the road to take on Tennessee. At one point, this could have decided the SEC East. Now the SEC East is, is all figured out. It's all done. Uh, Tennessee still has something to play for. They have a chance to go finish their season on a high note after losing their two biggest games of the season. This is a huge deal for them. Can they rely on the rushing attack? Because I don't think Joe Milton's going to be the dude who gets this done. Georgia's shown that they are capable of getting beat in the rushing attack. This is a really, really good Tennessee Volunteers rushing attack. 213 yards per game is ninth in all of FBS. UGA's stout rushing defense or by national standards, is pretty stout. Not by their standards. They're 19th in FBS right now. Uh, generally, they like to live in the top five or top 10, uh, at least with the Kirby Smart era. But, Abe, what do you see in this game? Yeah, uh, I don't see much, to, to, to be honest. Um, look, I will say this. This is Georgia's first true road game since Auburn. Now, mm-hmm. I know they went on the road against Vanderbilt. That was the game Brock Bowers got hurt in. Um, but that th- there's no atmosphere there. there. There's no concern. I mean, you know what I mean? We're walking into enemy territory knowing it's going to be a problem. That That's what Georgia's getting this weekend when they walk into Neyland. Now you do get Brock Bowers back. He looked relatively good uh, a week ago, um, it, it, you know, in limited action, but still dangerous, had the touchdown. Uh, so there you go. To me, this is, uh, again, a lot of things are going to, we, we talked about this early in Georgia season against some of the other teams. 
I feel that way now. A lot of things are going to have to go wrong for Georgia to lose this game. I just don't see it being very competitive. I thought they did an outstanding job against the run a week ago. It feels like early in the season, the run was an issue. But ever since Kentucky walked in with Ray Davis and was like, look, we're going to come run the ball. And Georgia's like, no, you're not. No one has done that. Um, The quarterback run wasn't an issue a week ago with Jackson Dart. I don't think it's going to be an issue uh, similarly with, with, um, with Milton. I, I just, I don't see how this Tennessee offense gets things done. And I know you've talked about it at times throughout the year, the lack of an offensive playmaker on the outside for Tennessee is a real problem. Yeah. At least Missouri had Luther Burden uh, to deal with it. At least Florida had Trey Wilson to, to be a problem in that game. They obviously one competitive, either one against Georgia, but I don't know who makes plays for this team when they do get into third and extended situations. This to me feels like a game where if Georgia does a pretty good job handling the atmosphere, if Georgia doesn't uh, beat themselves, make penalties and turnovers and mistakes like that, I don't see a path. Like, like this is, I know one of your things you ask, what's the path to beating Georgia? There is one. I don't know if Tennessee has it though. And and so I I feel pretty comfortable if I'm a dogs fan, I know Kirby smart said it wasn't a good practice Mm -hmm. on Tuesday. Uh, He had been saying they've been very good practices in previous weeks. Maybe that's, you know, some mental stimulation now that Georgia can't rely on. No one thinks we're the best team anymore, but um, I I look, I I just, the, the atmosphere outside, I don't know what between the lines Tennessee actually has for Georgia that would concern me. How do you feel? Uh, This feels like a game that, I mean, on the field itself. Yeah. I I don't see, like you said, a path to beating Georgia. Yeah. It doesn't really work in their favor. The Georgia offense is is better than Tennessee's by leaps and bounds. You got McConkey healthy. You got Kendall McConkey and and Brock Bowers all healthy. You got the Mims whole team back. Is finally healthy. This is the healthiest this offense has been, and they just put up fifty something uh, against number nine team in the country. Yeah, my my biggest thing is that they need Neyland Magic to step up. Right, like I, we need we need a Neyland Stadium that is on par with what we saw last year when Alabama came into town. Now I don't think that that Tennessee team is long gone. Yeah. I think that there's a different question in there that I'm going to ask you here in a second. But that was a magical evening. I don't care if you're a Tennessee fan. If you're just a college football fan, that was a magical evening uh, for everybody involved, except for Alabama, of course. But this is also the third longest streak of wins at home in all of FBS. Tennessee has it. Then it's Washington. Then it's Georgia number one. The last team to beat them there in Neyland was three years ago when Georgia came into town and beat them. Yeah. Like, that's a long time, Abe. There are a lot of good football teams who have come into Neyland Stadium and that they've beaten. Um, and since 2022, really since this got going, they're 14-0 and at home. They're, they score 47.3 points per game, and they allow 17.3 points per game. Went back and looked at the numbers. On the road, that drops to 4-5. and five. They score 28.6, and then they, score, they allow 28.4. So, Abe, when I say that they are a different, different animal at home, they really are a completely different football team. At, at On that same note, they haven't played a team to the level of Georgia yet. And I think Georgia's going to come in and probably comfortably beat them. The line is 10.5, despite Tennessee being an away team or being the home team and Georgia being on the road. Right. 
it makes me think that Tennessee's peaked this season and for the Josh Heifel era. I, I think that might be a little too big picture for this game. I, I'm not trying to draw too many conclusions over one week, and I'm not trying to to overreact to what we saw last week. But this Tennessee team has not looked the same since they lost to Georgia last year in, in Sanford Stadium. They just haven't. They, they, this was a team that was flying high. This is a team that was filled with confidence. And if you talk to any Tennessee fan, they're the best team in America. Like, and it just since then, it just hasn't been that way. Nothing has really cut their way since that game. And it makes me think that maybe that season was the best that we're going to get with Josh Heupel. Maybe that's premature. But what say you? Yeah, I think that's a little too high and mighty. Um, but but I do agree with you about this season. Uh, I, I do stand with you on that. I, I have no idea what other heights Josh Heupel could reach. At some point, they're going to go to a five-star quarterback, and and we'll see how much better the offense yeah. looks. Uh, it's obviously not going to be Saturday, I wouldn't expect. But, um, but, yeah, big picture, I think that's maybe a little too soon. Um, sure. But, but yeah, I, I they're not – there this year there's no denying that and you've been on it from the very early parts of the season um they just don't have the playmakers to run up and down the field with these teams uh they couldn't keep pace with missouri um you know florida obviously got them it's just not a team that i feel is capable of springing this type of win without as you mentioned some weird needle and magic some some odd turn like just something super wonky that that goes down um which you can never write off there there's always the ball bounces weird some days uh so so you always got to be prepared for that but yeah um it, it just when you look at the matchups it, straight up it just rotor home it just does not favor tennessee in this one joe milton's been very disappointing to me to be honest um uh athletically uh i thought there was more they'd ask him to do they don't run him as much as i thought he needed to run we talked about this a little bit with milrow a couple weeks ago like where where's the legs aspect of his game now that's taken off for him the past couple of weeks uh i haven't seen that for milrow i don't think we'll see it on saturday either uh this team is flat Uh, like you're right tennessee is flat last week was incredibly disappointing and it has to be deflating whether it's home home field advantage this weekend or not um getting your butt spanked by missouri in a game where you thought you were pretty evenly matched in a game thought you thought maybe you could go on the road and notch a pretty big sec win they were favored Um, yeah and 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 getting your stuff handed right back to you that way Mm -hmm. um that's humbling and that's deflating and it'll be interesting to see uh forget the matchup with georgia just how they respond on their own uh this week yeah, I want to see them bounce back in a big way. We'll see what they can do on Saturday against in their biggest game of the season uh, against their highest-rated opponent, at least. Let's move on, uh, because in Como, the, te- the place that we were just at last week, if you are a Tennessee, the Gators are traveling, and they are in – correct me if I'm wrong. They're kind of in a desperation mode. Oh, they are. Look, they're looking to go to a bowl 100%. game. Yeah. They have Florida State next week. They have that game against Arkansas. It looks like they've, they've never bounced back. Like yeah. I, I said, after they beat, after they played Georgia, they lost in a bad way. I said, you cannot let Georgia beat you twice if you're the Florida Gators. They have it, they've now since what, three games in a row? Like it has been a, a pretty brutal stretch for the Florida Gators. That said, the offense is not to blame. I don't blame the offense for what they did last week against LSU. You just let Jaden Daniels be Jaden Daniels. And look, you can ask Missouri fans. Like they saw Jaden Daniels do Jaden Daniels things. And when that guy steps up and has decides that he wants to have himself a game, I don't think there are a lot of teams in America that can slow him down. 
Uh, Florida certainly is not. But at the end of the day, this is a Florida team that needs to be better in their rush defense if they want to have a chance in this game. Cody Schrader has been a dog. Cody Schrader ran for 100 yards against Georgia. Then he goes on and, and does the first thing in Missouri history where he cracks triple digits in rushing and receiving. He goes 200 yards on the ground, 116 through the air. Now he gets a Florida team that has allowed 900 yards rushing in its last four games. He is the biggest key for me because if Missouri's playing at home and if you cannot slow down that rushing attack for them, then I'm just going to toss it out the window because Graham Mertz has been accurate. He's not super electric necessarily. He's not going to throw the ball down the field and do crazy things, but he's going to hit his passes. ETN's been good. He leads a good rushing attack, but I need to see that rushing attack do well. If, if I want to give the offense a chance to, to really get going and start churning out yards and, and controlling that clock. But if you cannot stop Cody Schrader, then all is lost basically for me if I'm, if I'm Florida. Yeah, look, uh, Missouri lost to Georgia, and the big takeaway from both of us is, like, that's a really good team. Yeah. Uh, and then they show up a week ago um, against Tennessee and, and re, re-stamp that, essentially. Um, and, look, Florida's in desperation mode. They got to get one of these last two or they're not going to a bowl game. I, I think they're more likely to get Florida State than they are to get Missouri. I, I really do. I think this is a legitimately good team. Look, wow. th- this is a two-loss Missouri team that jumped a one-loss Louisville team, right? I, I mean, that's how good the the committee views this team, a- and I'm right there with them. Uh, it's a bad matchup for a number of reasons against Florida. They have trouble with big play receivers. They have trouble with dynamic running backs. Missouri's got both of those. They have trouble with accurate quarterbacks. We've seen it. And so it's just a bad matchup, not to mention the Missouri defense um, is ramping things up as well. So, look, it is desperation time, um, but I I think desperation will wait one more week. I I do expect Missouri to win this, but I'll tell you what, when we'll talk a week from now, Florida, Florida State is going to be very interesting, um, but I I think Missouri is too much in this one. Yeah, we talked about that one specifically last week with Miami and Florida State. and Miami just about jumped up and bit them. You know, like this rivalry games, man. Crazy things happen in those games. And the last time that we saw these two play each other, Florida, Missouri, that is, in Como, we saw a Darth Vader Vader mask. Uh, We saw Dan Mullen get fired after the 24-23 loss in overtime. That was a chaotic game. Um, I don't think that we're going to see any Darth Vader masks necessarily in this one. Uh, But the Tigers are looking to play to New Year's Six Bowl if they win on Saturday against Florida, which I fully expect them to, and they win next week against Arkansas, which, again, I fully expect them to, they're going to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Mm-hmm. And if I'm Eli Drinkowitz, I'm taking that running to the bank and cashing that check uh, because that's a fantastic season for the Missouri Tigers. Who, who, like you said, you said it very well. That's a really good football team. Yeah. That's a really good football team, and I think they've earned every little bit that they have gotten this year. Uh, Kentucky at South Carolina. I think this is a very interesting team or a, a, interesting game just because these are two teams that are trending down a little bit. Uh, South Carolina is still looking to, to compete and go to a bowl game. And look, you've got to win this game if you want to go do that. Uh, but the Cats are also in a bit of a, a nosedive. They've lost four out of their last five. Granted, those four teams are Georgia, Alabama, Missouri, and Tennessee. That Tennessee game was pretty close, and I thought that that actually turned into a pretty good game. But the other three were certainly not. And I think that Kentucky is good enough to win this game. I think that if you want to, you need to stay within your identity. You need to run the ball effectively because USC, South Carolina, can 
absolutely get run on. They've they've allowed 100 yards rushing to every single opponent that they played except for three, and those three were throwing for 400 yards on them. So I don't think they really wanted to, to run the ball all that much. And if I'm the Gamecocks, I need to get out and I need to score. I need to score in a hurry because South Carolina's, like for all their shortcomings on the road, they're a very effective home team. They haven't scored less than 37 points at Williams-Price this season. I mean, if you want to beat Kentucky, you need to get them out of their game plan early and early as early as possible. Take the ball out of Ray Davis's hands because if they're able to sit back and just hand the ball to Ray Davis, they're going to gouge this Gamecock defense over the course of a, a four-quarter game. But if they can, you know, jump on them quickly, I think that South Carolina's got a shot. And look, they're in desperation mode. This is a team just like Florida that's looking to play in a bowl. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They need a little bit of thing. They need something to bounce their way if they want to have that opportunity. Yeah, it, it, you kind of hit the nail on the head. This is a situation for the Gamecocks where they, they just need Spencer Rattler to be Superman. Uh, they just can't compete with teams in the SEC. Kentucky's better front to back. They have a better roster. Um, you can argue that they're better coached. Um, but South Carolina has a better quarterback. And, and there are situations where guys just go unconscious and go nuts. And 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 like you said, they, they can put up 40. Uh, on a given day, that's going to have to happen uh, if they are going to beat Kentucky. Yeah, and Xavier Lejet is also a very important player in this game. He's one of the leaders in the SEC in receiving yards. He's had a fantastic season. Uh, I think he's a senior this year, and he needs to have a big day. Uh, and and just in general, the passing attack needs to wake up, and they need to go bonkers. But Abe, I do want to go around the rest of the conference because we got a lot of haphazard games and and uh, Florida International. Call them humdingers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's another step towards bowl eligibility. Let's call it that. Yeah. Uh, Florida International travels to Arkansas, where Arkansas is trying to get off the mat. Uh, Sam Pittman and, and company, they need a big win here. I, I don't really know what direction that you can go if you're them. Georgia State goes on the road to play LSU. I think that actually could be a very interesting game for a quarter before Jaden Daniels looks to continue solidifying yeah. his Heisman campaign. Chattanooga serves as a great warm-up for Alabama as they get to get healthy and get ready for the Iron Bowl next week. Uh, Auburn gets New Mexico State, which I will say is a very interesting game just for the one reason that Hugh Freeze, the last time that he played New Mexico State was last year when they were, what, 24-point favorites when he was at Liberty. That's when the news started to circulate that he could be looking at the Auburn job. They end up losing that football game. So I think Auburn might have a, a bone to pick with New Mexico State. Maybe not Auburn as much as Hugh Freeze. And so I think they might run up the score on those guys. Abilene Christian takes on Texas A&M. Southern Mississippi takes on Mississippi State for a battle of two Mississippi schools. Southern Southern Mississippi is not a team to necessarily sleep on. Mississippi State should handle that game pretty easily. Ole Monroe and Ole Miss. Ole Miss should get back on track with a win there. Abe, did you have any comments about any of those games before I move on? Yeah, just very quickly, two of them. I, I think you're right about LSU. This is Jane Daniels with a, a big chance to pad the Heisman run that he's on. I, in my opinion, he's the leader. Obviously, they should be able to do whatever they want on the ground uh, as a team, but also individually. Uh, and then Arkansas, look, I, I think Sam Pittman is probably headed towards losing his job. 
Uh, the question is now when. Obviously, um, if you lose this game, that's probably it. So it's kind of a, a stay of execution for him. They need to win that game. That's a, that's all I got on those games.